What, did you think you were getting a TED Talk here? Welcome to Common Threads. This is an interview series with the Highland Park High School class of 1995. You're moving from the creator to the manager, right? Oh, I'm totally it sounds like it. Which is funny, because if you remember the very beginning of Skull, what I initially wanted to start doing was I wanted to represent artists, because I never considered myself an artist myself. Ah. And so it's funny. Isn't that weird? The chills that you spill up my back Keep me filled with satisfaction when we're done Satisfaction of what's to come little bit of delight to get you warmed up for this interview with the artist formerly known as Lee Watson. Hope everyone has been well and adjusting this summer. It's been a bit chaotic. It's kind of crazy. Feels like everyone's about to emotionally explode on each other. The mundane is now a three-ring circus. Uh, it's just crazy. The, uh, I don't know, school board meetings, for instance. It's just, who would have thought they would be like a reality TV series. And we have two new third rail conversation topics um, really from, from the summer. It's uh, vaccinations and mask. Uh, you don't talk about it at all. It's awkward. And, uh, you know, if you have a dinner party, if anybody does this, this would be a great, uh, this, would, this would actually be really funny. It would be a great experiment. Uh, pulling, telling everybody at the next dinner party, no talk about religion, politics, vaccination, mask, or the Taliban. And then you whip out a cigarette and start smoking at the table. Just see reactions. Just seeing people's reactions be like, all right, well, I guess on bad stigma, that is what smoking's like. Eighth now? Ninth? Tenth? Wait, where's smoking the stigma lineup in the hierarchy of bad things now? So it's just, it's crazy. It really is crazy. This episode is going to be fun, and hopefully you can take your mind off everything that's going on in the world today. I'm catching up with Lee Watson, now Lee Accord, and we have a lot of successful individuals in our class. And Lee is doing something that I can't, you know, I think she's in the right place at the right time. She's caught lightning in a bottle. She's down in Austin. She's got a, a business that's growing her client list is established, but I think she's about to get huge. Uh, this is just my opinion after this interview. Go to her website and at uh, Watson Murals. <clears throat> Look at her client list. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, all, all these huge, for, like some big Fortune 500 names that uh, she's been doing murals for. And uh, I think you guys will. I think you guys will definitely enjoy this. Now, I've done a lot of interviews and. I mean, not a lie. I mean, we're talking like four, maybe let's call it 12. The reason why these are so sporadic is that I have to call people to set these up. Uh, but if you want, please go to the website catfix.biz. That's C-A-T-F-I-X dot biz. Go to common threads, scroll all the way to the bottom, then uh, schedule an interview. And just, you know, if you want to tell your story, get a message out, you don't necessarily have to have a business. And they're good. Yeah, like I'll edit it. I'll make, you know, I'll make you look like an all-star. All right, so hopefully uh, sit back, relax, and get ready to have some laughs because Lee and I have a great conversation. So when you left high school, UT, why advertise? I always liked advertising as a class, but I didn't really think about it as 
I didn't really. Right. I always thought marketing. Right. Well, and that kind of, I saw it as this would be the most creative thing I could do that wasn't being an artist, because I never considered myself an artist, which is a whole other thing we'll get into. But when I first started at UT, I was just like liberal arts. And then I was dating this guy, and he was like, business school. No degree is worth anything unless you're into business school. So I was like, okay. So I actually so started taking all. I was kidding. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Time's about 10. And then, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to learn. I'm going to try to get into business school. So I took like the calculus classes and all these other classes. And the calculus, not my jam. So after making a C and a D, I was like, okay, this doesn't work. And killing my GPA, I heard about a thing called the, the creative program it's in advertising, which is basically graphic design. And of course, this was like what, 20, 25 years ago. So that's there really no cool. Thing. That is, it, graphic design always had this ITP Institute feel about it because you'd be sick. If you wouldn't go to school one day, you'd be sick. You turn on the TV and it would be, hey, DeVry has a graphic design program. You're like, I'm not going into that. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I don't even know at the time. I don't even know if I even, I don't even know what I was really doing. Yeah, it was just sort of a, okay. And honestly, in the first, and I talk with uh, a lot of the a lot of the artists that um, are on my team now and that have you know kind of cycled through over the years, they have a graphic design background. And when I tell them about what my experience was in school, the, the old hag versus what they're doing, they're like, "Wait, you did what? Oh yeah, for the first semester, it was all pencils and pen and ink. We literally physically drew everything, and our portfolio was actual drawings. You know, when I was in school, Dude, we didn't even have Photoshop." You guys are so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's so sad is that I actually have had that conversation. Like, we had to put all of our text into a program called Quark and then move that over into Photoshop. You couldn't even do letters in Photoshop. And so I did that and got into thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be in advertising. But it's going to be in the creative you know, field of it. And it was after doing you know, two or three years of that. And do, I mean, being I guess kind of successful. I don't know. I never had a, I never considered myself very good at the technical part of it, the actual drawing and the designing. I was more of a conceptual thinker and I would come up with really cool ideas. I remember I went to my teacher in the third year. She had to like request, you know, you had to be like called back each semester to go to the next level. And I made it to the third level and I went and talked to her. I was like, I'm not cut out for this. Everyone else in the class is so much better than me. Blah, 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 blah. She's like, just try out for one more. Just, you've never like, had, you never tried to go out and do one of the, some of the contests that they have. And so I finally, I was like, okay, I can't get with the concept. I drew it out, whatever. I submitted my piece and I freaking won the contest. Like literally, what? I was about to really? leave the whole pro- yeah, I was about to leave the whole program altogether to being a Texas creative. And then I won this freaking program, this contest. What do you what do you get as the winner? Well, well, there's all there's always different things going on. So this one was actually for USA Today, and I gotta have what? thought about this. In, I haven't thought about this in like literally like 20 years. So I got my ad published in the USA Today paper, full page, full color. They gave me like $2,500 and sent me to Washington D.C. to meet. You got ripped Tim off, Curly. I think was. <laughs> well, wait, who was the ad for? Ago. Wait, who who was the ad for? Like oh, just oh, made God, up was, company? Was, no, no. It was like they were doing a thing, and it was supposed to like, oh, God. Like I said, since once I thought about this, promote literacy. And it was so, so kind of like for a nonprofit, but it was basically trying to 
get people to promote or to fight illiteracy, I suppose. And so a lot of people. Dude, you got hosed. Oh, my God. Uh, hey, win this, <laughs> win this contest, and uh, we'll give you 2500 bucks oh, on yeah. the regular rate card. is like, I don't know, 20000 Oh, yeah. Well, okay, John, actually, you know what? I love Welcome. this. It was the perfect first step into the world of art. Completely okay. undervalued. Everyone expects you to give away your stuff for free, and no one values yeah. it. So. Yeah. In retrospect, yeah, absolutely. And anyway, so that was cool. I get lowballed all the time. That's just do you? Because it's also well, 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 yeah, art. It's completely, I guess, like subjective, right? Yeah. And it's whatever. You're only worth what someone's willing to pay you. I want you to do this. I want you to go out and buy 200 of those brown paper bags, and just draw D's on them. And then if somebody (laughs) lowballs you, be like, hey. And like pop the bag and be like, here's a bag of D's. Why don't you just go eat these? Because I'm not getting you that price. I love it. And they're like, eh, you know what? I'll just take this. 2500 bucks. I mean, kidding me? Well, as a 22-year-old, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I got $2,500. And, and then went to Europe and partied my ass off. So it was all good. All good. But, um, so you went to Italy right after school? No, not at all. So uh, I didn't go to Italy until 2008. I'd already been uh, working, doing the business full time for four or five, no, three or four years. Got out of college. I got, I still didn't think I was good enough as a graphic designer and actually got a job in advertising as an account exec. So I went into, I was working at the Richards Group actually in Dallas as an AE, or actually it was like a branch of the Richards Group. Anyway, I was there for seven months, seven months when I realized how much I hated just advertising in general. Which office was, building? Were you on the um, one like Northwest Highway and uh, Central? So, yep. Well, that's, so that's like the Richard Group proper. They had like offshoot called Latitude. And it was just like an, a branch of the Richard Group. And it was on the, it was down the street though. And, uh, and so I was there for about seven months. I was basically an assistant AE, which meant I was just the whipping girl for all of the other AEs. So I just sort of was everyone's assistant. And it's not bad. Did you have to go on lunch runs? It wasn't. No, no, I wasn't that right. (laughs) I wasn't that low down, but I was pretty freaking low. And I remember I got to the point where I would try to, if I could get through the entire day without making eye contact to like my superior, (gasps) then I was a win. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. And so I remember sitting at my desk, like painting my nails, like all different colors and thinking, this is my creative outlet. This is creative. And I was sitting there going, the hell are you doing this is horrible Jesus. so yeah. yeah and also okay so maybe i'm not that much of a people person maybe i am more creative than i thought i was so i kind of vacillated back and forth like what am i and then decided that i wanted to represent artists like i gotta get back in the art world somehow obviously i'm not an artist because that title went to Catherine Pierce and all these other the type of people that i knew and yeah. I was just sort of this extra person that didn't fit anywhere. That's good for your self-confidence. I was just there. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't... I'm just there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of messed up, right? I know. But um, just laying the groundwork, baby. This it, it goes somewhere. And so I, I actually, to that point, I was, um, I don't know if I was already living with Tatum or I mean, we were just really good friends. I got to get out of this. You're in the art world. I want to, do I need to work for an art gallery? Do I need to, what do I need to do? And so she introduced me to her, her bosses at the time, 
two great guys. I forgot the name of the gallery. She was at that point. But they, uh, they she's got friends. a network. She is. Yes, thanks. That is one well-connected girl. Yeah. yeah. She has been working that since he got started in the real world. And I listened to her podcast she did and said, yep, that's my Tatum. Killing it. Yeah. Love it. So anyway, yeah, so I went from there and started working. I got a, I got a position at this place called Nouveau down on uh, Cedar Springs. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. It was like me and like 10 gay men. And it was just this kind of artsy, artsy little. So I was just learning. I was like, I want to learn. I told them, this is what I want to do. I, I bet they were nicer space. than your previous job. Oh, they were fantastic. Like, they loved me. Yeah. Oh, probably just like, oh, my God, you poor soul. You've been, have you been abused? <laughs> Why aren't you making eye contact with people? were fantastic and they're all like this is what i want to do i want to own my own location of some kind i want to represent independent artists i want to be their manager and like, help local artisans dollar wares because i came from yeah. the dad was yeah. in sales yeah. i want to i want yeah i want to be an agent and so i worked there for about four years and realized i was figuring out what i didn't want to do john basically i was like okay retail sucks. i do not want to work in retail this is horrible we're all doing this, Lee. Like, we're all figuring out what we don't want to do. For most of the guys at Highland Park, it was like, you need to go into investment banking. And then once people got into oh. investment banking, they were like, this sucks. I want out. Oh, I don't want to do this. People got into finance. They're like, what What am I doing? What? Like, why am I on this path? Oh. I don't want to be stuck in this. So, yeah, it's like trial and error. You just start bopping around. Like, okay. Yeah. And so somewhere in all of that, and so this would have been, let's see here. I don't know, like around, well, I was still working at Nouveau when 9-11 hit and I watched, and so I watched just the fall of everyone's careers. You know, I watched my father go through massive career changes because they were, he was in higher up insurance sales, blah, working at Smith Barney and all this stuff. Oh yeah, he um, was at Smith Barney. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I watched my brother-in-law get laid off and go through horrible, just because everything started collapsing, the, the, the country was you know, yeah, it was bad. We were freaking out. It was bad. And so yeah. at that point, I realized, I was like, okay, you know what? I had, all I knew was that I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to have, it was a total control thing. It had nothing to do with art. It had nothing to do with, it was just, I need freedom. And I want to make sure that I don't ever wake up one day and someone's telling me, oh, hey, that secure job you had yesterday? Yeah, it's gone. And Dude, that's, that's kind of interesting. That's really interesting because mm-hmm. working with my dad, and he had his own law firm. He did his own thing. I kind of see it as I see all the negative effects with health insurance and all these benefits with mm-hmm. bigger corporations. And I kind of where the U.S. is so backward because I almost want to get a job with a bigger corporation just to get those benefits, just to say, oh, wow. okay, I'm covered. I mean, dude, if you have an accident, I was in that bike accident around that time. My Oh God, John, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I was in the wheelchair was... for two months. And yeah, um oh, that was terrifying. They would send us the medical bills and it was like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And if I wasn't at Bloomberg then, you're done. Mm-hmm. It's one of these situations where you're like, Maybe I need to be with a company that provides good benefits. My wife, mm-hmm. she's working at Match Group. They're amazing. So that's why I don't need to make, you know, trade-offs there. I get what you're oh, saying. Oh, my God. I totally get oh, what you're saying absolutely. with somebody can't just come in and say, okay, you're laid off. Definitely. That's a give and take. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I had my own being on your own. Yeah. It's, I just, you just get the insurance. You 
find a way to pay out the wazoo for the insurance that doesn't bankrupt your parents if something were to happen. Because that's basically what you have to think about. Like, I'll never go to the doctor. I'll never do all these things, but I got to get that just in case insurance. You're paying 500 bucks yeah, a month. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Sure once, you, you, once you run your own business, you see the cost of like health insurance and all these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're sitting there, you're like, oh, so this is what everybody's been talking about. This is really yeah. expensive. <laughs> really expensive. Really scary. I know. And this and this has gotten worse. Oh, it's just compounded over you know the decades. Well, did you so, like? Did you, so you did you just go off on your own? Were you like, okay, oh. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna just go build a book of clients. And nope. Start doing totally. I fell so backwards into this in 2001, which actually now that I think about it, must have happened November. So. Okay, the year of yeah before so I think in two thousand one my January my sister had her first kiddo, and she's like, hey Lee, you're artistic, paint me a tree in my new nursery. I was like, oh sure Nikki whatever, and I painted this tree. It took me about like three weeks to paint this stupid tree, and I swear to God, it's the ugliest. Thank God she finally painted over it because it was just. I thought it was hideous, but you know, whatever. It was a tree. It was pretty fine. It was, she liked it. No then, way. So that's yeah, the, then, that's the origin. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Good old Nikki, Nikki Watson or Nikki Legrone wanted a tree in her, in her kid's room in 2001. And then her next door neighbor saw it and I don't know how, but she liked it and said, Oh my God, I want a garden in my nursery. And I was like, okay. And you can imagine I'm charging. You know what this sounds like? Mm-hmm. This sounds mm-hmm you need to do is you need to go talk to Elizabeth Wheeler and Laura Saunders and just be their inspiration mm-hmm. story for Paper Bash. That's also like, part of my drive is helping other female entrepreneurs. Obviously, yeah. I'm going to you know, cater more to the female artists, but I love helping other women yeah. start their business, start their dream, and, and making it work to how it works. If you're working moms, like figuring out how to re rewrite what a business can look like. You got to do is that I've interviewed quite a few females in this series. Get Langbine, get Wheeler, get Saunders, yep. get Roan, get like all these girls in our class together and have a group, female entrepreneurs. And They all kind of gravitate towards each other anyway in that regard. I mean, when, I, when I first was doing my company, oh, yeah. I mean, not necessarily like I – I mean, obviously, I know uh, Laura and Lizard uh, – sorry, Elizabeth pretty well, but – yeah, but like even like when I was in Austin or still in Austin, I found that when my when I was doing my company and things were getting off the ground and moving and all that, my group of girlfriends, we were all business owners. One was had her own real estate firm, one owned a therapist or you know, psycho psychotherapy business, and since then now she has like four other people underneath her now. You gravitate towards each other. That kind of mindset of need each other to bounce ideas off. Yeah. Us. When did you get down to Austin? So basically, when I realized I needed to get out of retail, and frankly, I knew I was never going to stay in Dallas. I didn't even want to come back to Dallas after graduation, but I was, every vacation day or day off I had, I was down in Austin because I just loved the town. And so I literally put out like an APB like to all my friends in Austin. It's like, hey, I'm coming to Austin. I need a job. Help me out. And, and in the back of 2003, I moved to Austin. And helped a girlfriend of mine. She's like, oh, my God. One of my best friends from college. Like, oh, my God, I'm opening up a real estate firm. Help me. You have a marketing background. I just need someone to help me start this business. I can pay you 30 grand a year. And let's do this. I was like, oh, my God, you got it. 
And so moved on to Austin. Dude, that's not bad. Uh, that's pretty good scratch. Hey, it, you know what? Well, I was making pretty good scratch actually at Nouveau. So I definitely took a, a hit, but I got to live in Austin. And it was yeah. awesome. So I moved there and started this company with her. But in the back of my head, it was like I had already done, by this point, I'd done three murals, just totally random. And mm-hmm. anyway, and so after working there about a year in, I was realizing how absolutely miserable I was there. Like, this sucks. I suck at this job. I don't care about these clients. Oh my God. I, it's like, and, and I was like, I've got to go do my own thing. I was doing enough murals where people, or people was like, wait, you've got to do this for a living. You can do this. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. And it was at my one year, uh, like annual review, Shannon sat me down and she's like, I can't afford you anymore. We're not making enough money. And I'm laying yeah. you off. And she's bawling now, crying. And my smile is getting bigger and bigger like... and bigger. So I got laid off and she's so upset, thinks that, and I'm just, beaming from ear to ear because it's the kick I needed. I never was going to quit on my friends. And literally, so I remember she laid me off on a Thursday. By that Sunday night, I already had my own business card for Watson Design. And yeah, what'd yeah. you do? And, and it, what did it look like? And then at that point, I got, oh, dude, they were, they were all hand done. They were white, like through, through my, like my, my inkjet printer had my name on it. And then I would paint, hand paint a little worm that looked like a W or a flower, yeah. or a butterfly. Yeah. I still have some, just because, are you kidding me? I need to, like, frame them. So Man. at that point, I went, and I was like, okay, fine. And at that point, I then got on Craigslist, and I found some roommates <laughs> so that I How can move closer into – I know, dude. But I totally did the same thing. But it's so, so yeah. weird that you're, like, walking into, you know, this house for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a follow-up visit. And then you live with that person. I know. I know. And I lived with two people. One was a dude. I shared a bathroom with this guy named Bill. And, yeah. John, but (laughs) you realize I'm living in Austin. I'm living in Austin. I'm an artist. I was just embracing. (laughs) So, so now we're at 2004. And, yeah. And I was like, okay. I'm getting, like, a few hundred bucks a a week (laughs) to live off of. And I made it work. And so then uh, and I was at this point, yeah, starving artist, absolutely. I got a job, I had three jobs. I was doing, oh God, I got roped into doing Mary Kay. So I'll do Mary Kay in the evening and do those. Oh God, I don't want to talk to people about that. That's just embarrassing, but I did it. And then I got a job. Nothing wrong with that, by the at, way. Nothing, no, nothing wrong hey, with Mary Kay. Like I got, I got a lot of free samples. wife work was like head of HR form or something. Sarah, she's cool. Yeah. I like her. She's awesome. Um, yeah, she's super solid. I dig her a lot. So Mary anyway, Kay, so what that, else? And then, what were the other jobs? And then I, wor- then I walked into, so there was an art, art art supply shop in Austin that I used to always go to when I was in college. It called Miller Blueprint. So I just literally walked in there and said, hey, I've got retail experience. And so I walked in there. Overqualified and Overqualified much? <laughs> I am totally overqualified for this, but I need a job. And, and then the, the owner, Lucy Miller, was like, so wait, what's your background in? And I told her. She's like, well, we actually need someone to do our marketing. And do, they needed like a different person, to do, like a different position. Yeah. Like, we would love to have you on the sales floor, but can you, can you look up, could you create a position for yourself to do some of these? Anyway, and I'm a knucklehead. And I was like, yeah, I, sure I can do that. She's like, well, what do you want to get paid? I was like, I don't know. I mean, $10 an hour? <laughs> what? And Oh, children, I don't know what I was doing. 
anyway, let me tell you, like the undervaluing yourself is, it plagues me. So she immediately said yes. And I was like, oh my God, she didn't even tackle with me. That's awesome. And so, so wait, hold on. Wait, I, let's just talk about that real quick. Undervaluing yourself. So embarrassing right? saying all this out well, loud. No, oh it's not God. embarrassing because I do the same thing. I, I am, I'm the absolute, because I feel, I, I think I'm very empathetic. I always kind of do that. I'm always like, hey, I'll catch you a break. But when I start thinking about people that take advantage of me, that's when you mm-hmm. see a side of my anger that rarely exposed. When I feel like, like when somebody is saying, oh, yeah, you know what, we can get this guy real cheap. It it just mm-hmm. like flips the switch in my head where I'll tell that person, like, actually, you know what, this is how much it costs. I was giving you a good deal. But since you're being such an ass, like the initial negotiation, somebody asked me, how much do you want? I was so bad at saying, well, what about this? The one thing that I learned is that. So hard. Well, no, you don't know how much they have. So you just tell them, what's your budget? (laughs) See, this was 20 years ago. I didn't, or I guess not that long now. This is what, 17 years ago. So yeah, exactly. Like now I know. But at the time, and also I didn't know what I would be technically doing. And I was, so, you know, yeah. you're so terrified that someone's, that someone's going to come back and say, hey, you aren't worth this. Because this, I didn't know, I didn't really know what I was going to be providing. I was making it up. And so I, I was like, God, I, I much regret. I just, I just hope they think I'm worth it. You are worth it. I really hate uh, that. Because thanks, Sheldon. What yeah. that does to your core beliefs, and it's a real thing, is that your core beliefs, if you don't value yourself, and you don't you you don't think you're worth that that goes down to like emotional value where just mm-hmm. in life you don't you feel like you're unworthy so it's almost oh yeah oh yeah it's it, it's almost saying no I am worth it I I am something like f off <laughs> this is how much I'm worth yeah and that affects your confidence that affects so much in your life. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why like, I get well, I get so much out of yeah. But I think we I think we have this. Because after 9-11 and seeing the economy tank, you were just like, dude, I'll take anything I can get. Yeah. And it was just one of these well, things you go where... Through, and then, then 2008 or 2009, I was working at the art store, I was doing Mary Kay, and then I was drumming up. I was hitting, going through the... those days. Remember B&I? Oh, my God. I was doing that kind of like the business networking groups. I was marketing myself. I was trying to do the best I could, just hitting the pavement, talking to builders, this and that, just painting as much as I could. And... By 2008 is when I actually ended up going to Italy. So I've been doing it for a few years and honestly, just hard freaking work. And I got to a point where I was like, I have no dog, cat. I have no boyfriend. I can, I had, I bought a townhouse at that point. So I was like, I'm making enough money. I can cover my bills for a while. I'm getting the hell out of here. What am I doing? So I looked up, I was like, yeah, and I was like, I'm going to Italy because I remember when I had gone the first time uh, right after college with Kelly Abbott. I remember her. Actually, when Kelly for part of it in Storm <laughs> for the other half, which I listened to that as a podcast. Very nice, by the way, and him and Tasha. Anyway, I went to. I was like, I looked. I was like, I'm going to go study. What if I took a class in Italy? And yeah. so I looked up some of the some some options out there, and sure enough, there was this group that did led like classes there, like, group classes, and amazing and sh- and they and I looked them up it's called the genie in studios english. oh yeah in english it was for english or english speaking yeah. students and i'm sure enough the company that does it was based out of san antonio texas anyway oh, wow. so 
I know. I know. And now I'm totally friends with Nicole and the genie and his wife, Leslie, and I'm awesome. But um, they, they are the supreme decorative faux finish painters. Oh, they do like that true old world. It's stunning. It's a total lost art now. So, and also back then, mural painting is nothing like it is now. Social media has completely changed the industry when I started this. It was all faux finishing, decorative painting, plaster work, trump loy, that stuff. So that's the direction that I was going. And I went to Italy. It was amazing. I was there for five weeks. Two, two of the weeks I took this course and met, it was ended up being all women, 18 women were living in this tiny town outside of uh, Siena. And it was incredible. Um, Tuscany. No, okay, Siena so is in, uh, it's kind of like Tuscany area, which is actually really close okay. to, yeah. And so Kelly Patterson, that's how, that's when I stayed with Kelly Patterson too. So, um, so you weren't using hostels, you were staying with KP? No. Not that. Uh, yeah. No, I wasn't. So I stayed, no, no, I well, stayed with KP in her place for, I think I ended up staying there because her and her boy, her husband, uh, her boyfriend, I can't remember if they were married or not, Klaus, they had this insane little like villa outside of Siena. And I stayed with them for like five days. What were you picking up out of Italy? What's the big things that you picked up out of Italy? Was it the style of the mural? Was it just getting an exposure um, to that? It was a combination. I probably, in retrospect, I wish I had de- I wish I had done that trip a little bit differently, just because I didn't plan much. I just wanted to go and be there and just sit in a cafe, and just look around and just breathe. Actually, that's um, not a bad thing there because yeah. exploring that actually really helped. Because you're not you're not stuck on this plan and you're not you're having all these random interactions that you can mm-hmm. look back on mm-hmm. and oh. inspire you in some way yeah. or another. I came back and oh well then 2009 hit. Okay. And the company was like things have been doing great. Like I kind of had gotten a great How many groove clients on. Did you, you have know, at that like, point? Oh hell! Ballpark it. I was working steadily. Honestly, at that point, all my clients, it, they were one-off. It was okay. just, it was a ton, it was mostly residential, definitely a ton of residential. Oh, well, that's not true. So then I also, I was working with a lot of uh, interior designers for model homes. And so I wouldn't do any of the design work. They would just literally give me the art and I would just go, inst- I was like an installer, basically. I swear to God, if yeah. Elizabeth Wheeler is listening to this right now, she's just, she, yeah. she's going crazy. Her favorite word <gasps> is install. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that word. I install like, I do like install. a crazy lady. Got to do an install. Got to do an install. Oh yeah, it's all about install. I want you to. I want you to break down exactly what you're doing, what you do for residential. Okay. So, yeah. Well, this will be more the business side of this call. So now residential. Uh, so obviously, when it's getting started, and I would do this. I would say this for any muralist just getting into the thing. You do. You start residential because the price point is going to be a little bit lower especially if you start with kids' rooms. But most of the clients aren't going to drop four grand on their kids' rooms. But they'll Yeah, so is it an entire that. wall that's a mural? Are you doing a full oh, room? Everything. Are you doing a Oh. Okay. It's all different. Okay. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's just purely just like elements, accent elements, playing up the existing architecture, or pulling some fabrics or pieces that they already want to have in their home. Or it's one focal wall that's just like we did one for this little boy, uh, we changed just one wall and just made it the most insane Star Wars, you know, scene. It looked like a TIE fighter was, like, busting through the bricks in the sky. And, again, this is all – and this can be for kids, just residential in general. It could be in your 
flat dining room and just we do ceilings. I've definitely done one where we have I have touched every single inch of the entire room, gone over the doorways, done the ceiling, gone over all the baseboards, transformed the whole space. It's it's paint, so it can go on top of anything. And so that's why it is hard. So how people ask, ballpark it. How much is it for one wall? Well, okay, or or one mural. It's like, well, what am I doing? What am I painting? Is it is it pure vector art? Is it is there any shading? Is it realism? Is it completely abstract? I did a huge Monet. It was 19 feet long and by like 10 feet tall. You know, it was in the bedroom, and we pieced together actually several Monet paintings to kind of. Oh yeah, totally. I'm sure I could get to. You can't get a la carte on that. Like you can't be like, okay, <laughs> materials are this, labor's this. You know. No, I, don't know. I just give it. Okay, no, I just say this is what it's. Well, my pricing structure has definitely changed over. Now that I'm, I'm working more, like right now, I'm in Richmond, Virginia. I have to itemize my own stuff, just travel supplies, renting boom lifts, scissor lifts, that kind of scaffolding, renting that, having it delivered on site. Most of my clientele is repeat or yeah. obviously yeah. word of mouth. But it's mostly I've now teamed up with development firms, with designers, investment capital companies that they invest in these like multifamily Oh no, So and, that's commercial. So yeah. that's like a, that's like doing that is Fritz Barton. Like you had to talk to Fred. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff down in Austin with uh, multifamily. Really cool that's, stuff. I mean, that's, too. that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing here. Yeah, we do all. We do a ton of that work. We're going to be in Florida next week. No, two weeks. Doing a huge job down uh, down in Panama City. And it's all it's all multifamily, or yeah, you know, multi-unit. So I brought. I started bringing in like actual help in like 2012. And so. How is that for and, you? Because it sounds like you were doing everything. How is it to give up a little bit of the responsibility to others? Is it hard? Great question. Extremely hard. Extremely hard. And it's actually, I think, where I've been in this kind of stuck in this holding pattern for a while. The business is wonderfully growing and expanding and people are like really appreciating the type of the type of work we do, not just the actual painting, but what they get when they get us. We handle it. It's actually sitting on the back of our shirts, like we show up and we just, we make it happen. We're not your typical artists that are all artsy and, oh, I only paint in this type of environment and da, da, da. But, um, no, but I yeah, can't so stand that. I've, I've I got, can't, honestly, yeah. I, they, there's nothing, the word creative, when somebody says they're creative, I just, I want to go punch a wall. It's the, it's the worst <laughs> term ever. Exactly. Well, that's, so, so yeah, but figuring out, like, yes, how to. This is really how, interesting. How to, de- how to delegate. I, you know, what I'm seeing at least from your website, is that you have a process, like you have, like you have mm-hmm. somewhat of a process, and codifying it would be your biggest, like a huge benefit for you. Every client's different. Every job is different. Every yeah. because what we because what we do, what we actually produce, we don't have a set like style that you would you hire. Like most of the other artists that I I get to work with and like collaborate with, like at least in Austin. They all have a, like, you hire that artist, you're getting that style. That's what they paint. And I really never wanted to be like that. I wanted to be like, no, we paint what the client wants. So I want the client to this feel is- like they had it, they had a hand in it. And, it, and it, you get that relationship, which is why we've got so many repeat. I mean, I have, I've been painting murals for residential, specific residential clients for 15 years because they and so they keep moving. They keep having kids. They want me to now, they want me to paint, yeah. and paint it for the owners of Torchy's Tacos in their residential home. Like it's, you get that relationship. 
And so my process, we will offer you four different styles. So pick something within these styles. Because basically what I've been doing for 16 years is every time a new client came in, we reinvent the wheel. Then bringing on, then bringing on help and figuring out, okay, so you're going to be in charge of this type of art. When we get jobs that look like this, you're really talented in this type of artwork. I want you to handle these types of jobs. Oh, you're a realism pain. You know. That's really okay, interesting because you're, you're, becoming, you're, you're, you're moving from the creator to the manager, right? Oh, I'm totally It sounds manager, like it. Which is funny because if you remember the very beginning of this call, what I initially wanted to start doing was I wanted to represent artists because I never considered myself an artist myself. Ah. And so it's funny. Isn't that weird? And I all of a sudden yeah. the other day I'm like, holy crap, because that's what I'm doing. Like we can – yeah, can we paint realism? And then I and then now I've got this background in faux fit now top boy, where it's like, yeah, I can actually make it look like your ceiling is ten feet higher than it actually is. I mean, oh, what, we just did something for the AFC, the the new soccer stadium. I made I made it look like their logo has been carved out of the side of the building. Um, That's awesome. It's awesome. I know. I'm so excited because that actually is, is what that, I'm trying. Are you doing that with light and shadows and? I, I, yeah. I have no idea. But yeah, it's just paint. Is that what yeah, that I is? Just, it's all about, yeah, it's understanding color relativity and being like, okay, and, and having to walk up to the wall and match the colors with paint. Be like, okay, if this color were, if this side of the brick in shadow, what does that actually look like? I, whoever's your, you're the best person in Photoshop, and I need a tutorial on how to basically do all that kind of fun stuff on colors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know uh, well, well guess who designs? Well, good old Meredith Taylor. She's designed a number of my murals. Yeah, I got to give her a call. I really got to give so her a call. She's so freaking talented. God, she's so good. Yeah, I, she actually did uh, stuff that we're doing in Florida. She did all that design work. And uh, yeah, she's done, she's done a handful of, of my jobs. And I'm actually looking to, she knows this too. But like, Wait, I'm what do you mean? Trying to figure Wait, out how like to just she does hire her on. Or how does she work with you? Yeah. So I'll be with the clients. I'll do all that stuff. Blah, 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 blah. And I'll, you know, I, I, I pretty, I'm good at color. And so, and I know kind of, so I'll usually pick out the color palette and then I'll just get with Meredith on these. It's like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what, this is kind of where my brain's at, like concept wise. And, and I'll send her like sample images of stuff I find online or stuff I've like, or stuff that I think would kind of help inspire her. And then it's like, all right, Mayor, go to town. And so, so she sends stuff for, she did, she actually, she did all the design work for this job I did for Tarka. I talked to her, like, so it's, it's a collaboration. Really? I, I am so, oh, yeah, I'm so out of practice. I mean, I, I've done, it depends on, it depends on our, our workload at the time. I mean, I can't design every single thing we're doing. We have multiple clients at any one, I mean, like right now, I've got, wow, I've probably got like nine to ten clients right now currently in the pipeline. When did she start I'm, doing that? Like, when did she get into that? Has she always been doing that? that? She's always been doing that. And she's good. I mean, she's done other things. Yeah, she's she's been freelance designer. She's been a graphic designer for years. Oh, she's so good. And so yeah, so it's been so she collabs and she's so fast. Yeah, so she's insanely talented. She's actually looking. So then she's you get that back, and then you assign the artist. Yeah. Like yeah. how do you? Which this me usually it's all I me. Mean, I'm always because again I don't know how to say no. And pull myself away, but then I figure out the girls that I, you know, currently have going on, or if I, or if it's an even bigger job, then I start putting my feelers out for more hands. But yeah, and then we kind of what figure out, more, okay, like where do you do you go on like Fiverr or something? What do you do? No, I'm actually 
in the process of looking for more help because right now it's just too much. Even like Devin, she's uh, the artist that's with me on this job. Uh, well, she's, so I have, I, I like to have at least two artists that are kind of with me full time. Right now I just have one that's like full time. Well, that's not true. Helena is with me all the time too, but. Here's your platform. Yeah. You're making the announcement. Anybody in our class that's an artist, Paul Watson. Yeah. So who are the best artists out of our class that you remember? Oh, Oh, Catherine Pierce. By far. Yeah, I mean, was, far. Yeah, she was amazing. I mean, as far as, yeah, I mean, she was, yeah, like, she was always, she was the shit. And that's, and in my mind, that was, that's what I consider an artist. I mean, I was painting, I was doing this full-time, fully supporting myself on art for over a year before I could allow myself to refer to myself as an artist. I yeah. talk about insecurity. And, yeah, like, I, I had a I had a workaround. I called myself, like, introduced myself. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a muralist. Oh, no, I'm a muralist. Or, oh, I'm a business owner. Oh, I own I own an art company. I never refer to myself as an artist. I do now. But, but yeah, and I'm messed up. So Yeah, artist but, um, is just, I, 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 honestly, when I think of artists, I think of you are painting for galleries, like here in this mm-hmm. Christie auction, right? Yeah. That's what I think yeah. of well, it. Well, I was, yeah, and I, then, when I, yeah, well, and knowing Tatum, Tatum too, like, that was, I saw Tatum what she was, was describing to me, she was saying, she was like, yeah, like, I love most of the people I work with, but yeah, you do have some of the head cases. That's what I think of as artists. Oh. I think of the Big Lebowski, oh. and I think of the scene where, like, the woman's flying through <laughs> the air on the, on the bungee cord, and, like, throwing splatter <laughs> paint on the canvas. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's actually, if you think about it, that technique probably would work for some of the murals that we do to get us in the right position. But yeah. That no. would be awesome. You, oh <laughs> you would my like gosh, that. that would I'll, I'll film best, that for you. That would be the best marketing ploy of all time. If you did that, just like oh Lebowski, God. where you're on the, bu- like you're on the bungee cord and you're like going straight for the wall and you're like, lots of murals. This is how we do it. All right, fine, oh. go. <laughs> <laughs> just uh real quick but do you mm-hmm. want to talk about personal life or you want to leave that out i mean like a husband oh, kids I, yay I'm, i got i got a husband i got kids i'm i have okay. grappling with the typical working mom guilt i miss my family constantly so out of bed go Hey, that was pretty good, wasn't it? If you want to help me cover the cost for the show, I'd really appreciate it. If you can go to my website, catfix.biz, that's C-A-T-F-I-X dot B-I-Z, and donate just a few bucks. I just need to, this is taking a lot of time to produce, and the equipment's not that cheap. Hopefully I have this all set up where you can just put in a credit card or possibly Bitcoin if you really want to. Uh, but it's going to be through Stripe, and it's just, it's on the catfix.biz. Click on Common Threads, then you'll see the donate button. Thanks, guys.